0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode on the podcast today I'm with Angus and today we're going to be speaking about IBD, um, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. So Angus, it's, it's, it's great to speak to you today um, and it's, it's great to have you on because I I know I know this is your first time doing this.
1: Yes, thank you for having me and I really appreciate it. I've never been on any podcast before and I've spoken to the news one time about my condition but I don't think I've ever gone on a public platform like this to Talk about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's good fun, but you 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 find it, uh it'll be be good fun. <laughs> um, so would you mind for anyone who doesn't know who you are, or um, would you mind just doing a, a little introduction about yourself?
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Angus. I'm from Arizona in the United States. I'm twenty years old. I'm a third-year university student, and I've had ulcerative colitis for six years now and a j pouch for about five years now and i have don't have one currently but i've had three no four stomas in my past
0: okay that's um that's interesting um because like uh, I, 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 what, I, what i love about like hearing people's stories angus is because um i personally never had a stoma and it, it, it's nice to see like like from your uh your journey and and stuff to see how it impacts you and everything so um so i guess like if we start about like like how how you was diagnosed like do you remember like the kind of process with getting diagnosed with with arthritis
1: yeah i do remember pretty well um i remember in 2015 around august when i was in i don't know the conversion to the uk but seventh grade for americans when I was in middle school, I had to use the restroom more often than I normally did. If I could remember, I don't really remember, No, this is healthy enough, but I would poop probably once a day and then it would shift to being three times a day. No blood, no like change consistency, nothing like that. But I noticed the change. So then I went to talk to my physician just because it was surprising to me. And it didn't interfere with school, I'd say, like use the restroom normally and there was no issues about that. just it was surprising. and she thought that I had like a dairy allergen or that I had some sort of food there's some food intolerance I had that was causing me to use the restroom more and she knows I don't have it now but on my forms used to have eczema that that's usually a reflection of allergies she said. So I changed my diet, cut out dairy, started using miralax to keep a keep uh, using the restroom consistent. And for a while, it was fine. I would go to the restroom two times a day, no logs, no blood, no inflammation, nothing bad that I could tell. But around, I would say, March 2020, no, 2016, I started to see blood in my poop. And it went from being like log shaped to more like balls. And four times, I'd say every day, it wasn't a heavy amount of blood, but it was quite a bit. And then I didn't go back. I went back to my doctor, and she said, again, probably some intolerance you're having, it's causing your intestines to have issues. I actually didn't know what was going on yet. I didn't, I guess she didn't know. I think I, I'm pretty sure I told her that I had blood in my poop, but I guess she didn't hear me or she didn't understand that. Because the next time I went in was in uh, August when they took, they were like, you know, we had these issues. So they took a stool sample and they saw there was blood. And this is when, I know I'm skipping over a lot of time, but by this time, my condition had progressed so bad that I was using the restroom probably 10 times a day. It's like diarrhea, a lot of blood, like pouring blood, I'd say. And I was really gaunt and thin. I couldn't go to school. And that's when I was admitted to a children's hospital. That's when they there, they did a scope an endoscopy and a uh, colonoscopy. And they found I had ulcerative colitis, not Crohn's disease because they said that's found in the throat and other parts of the digestive tract mine was cons- mine was uh only to my large intestine so that's how I was initially diagnosed and I was in I remember correctly August 26 2016 I believe it was that day I got the diagnosis
0: yeah do you ever think about like to that day when you was diagnosed and then it, it doesn't feel that long ago like like you could you feel about like maybe it's just, it was just yesterday like when all that kind of stuff happened.
1: Oh yeah, like even now, six years later, I still very vividly remember that time and those days. Like I can recall it fairly well, and I'm still in disbelief that was six years ago.
0: Yeah. It's quite crazy, you know, because like I've done that with Crown in 2017. Um, October of twenty seventeen. It doesn't feel that long ago, but um like when you talk about it with someone else that who doesn't know and then in their mind, they probably think it's ages ago.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but like with the the, 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 bl- bl- the blood in the poo, um, it is um like. Do you remember like the first kind of time you saw that? Like, like how 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 you kind of fan? Like, because it's not something that you want to see, is it? In 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 the stoves.
1: Oh yeah, when I first saw it, it was well. It wasn't a lot. It was like drops of blood. So I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe my poop scratched my intestines or something coming out. And at that time I didn't pay much attention, like, oh, something I ate when it hurt, like physically, there was an issue with the intestines. But then when I saw more and more coming out, I was like, this is just not normal. This shouldn't be happening. And that's when I got more and more concerned. And prior to my diagnosis, I never heard of IBD, IBS. I mean, it could be that I mean I was 14 at the time. So I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of other things in the world. But I thought I had, like, colon cancer or, I don't know, some very, well, I mean, of course, IBD is bad, but something a lot worse than IBD I originally thought.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought, because um, I said I a bit about my, my diagnosis. Um, I was diagnosed in October 2017, but how it was for me was um, I I started losing a lot of weight. um, And then I started not eating. Um prior to that, so I, I, I couldn't eat anything and I was in like really bad I, I, abdominal pain. So I couldn't eat or I I, I drank. I I could I drink water but I really struggled and you know, those drinks that that, 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 that they say you have to have if you can't eat anything. Um I, I couldn't have that either because I didn't like it. Um so I wasn't doing very well there. Um and then eventually a lot of pushing was involved to get seen in the end. Um, but I, I I, couldn't do that. And then I did get diagnosed eventually. But all this was, I think, you know, you know, you know, when you look back in pictures of yourself the year you was diagnosed and then you, you see it like you look a bit maybe different. And then when you say someone else, um, because I always remember, because I, I was at school last year of my school, it was, um, at this point and what happened was uh, i asked an escort who would normally take me to school and i, I wanted to see if they could see if i look different now um and i asked i asked that question and and they said i don't know and they thought i was on holiday uh, or something that's why i went in and <laughs> i would have loved to be on a holiday i was actually prior to my diagnosis I was actually used to go on holiday and I was like I was a bit gutted about that but the health is health is more important than going on holiday so so yeah it's diagnosis is a tough kind of time yeah
1: and uh, speaking of the school thing I remember I completely 100% of course in retrospect we it now but I remember when I was first diagnosed, I had medicine that helped initially. Remicade. I don't know. I think infliximab is the scientific name for it.
2: Mm. But
1: I remember when I was in the hospital for like a week, I was like, "Oh, this is great! I have no school and stuff." I wish I could stay here longer. And <laughs> wow, do I really regret saying that? That's probably. I think I would never. If I would, if I would hear someone say that, I'd be like, "No, you don't. You don't know what you're talking about," because in retrospect, that's it's awful. Yeah.
0: I, I I kind of thought like that too, because uh, I I was missing my maths or something. I didn't like maths. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you you might miss a lesson that you don't like, and and in hindsight, like right, because I, I I I took that drug too, um, like it was the first biologic I took, um, after my diagnosis, and then, I kind of, in a way, it was good. Then I had it then just so because you don't want to be at a hospital like, especially. Of COVID now, so because it is better, but it is um like you, you you do think like that, I suppose when you're you're at school.
1: Yeah, and that's like now that I think about it, I'm like I was so stupid to say that. That's I that was completely wrong. No matter how terrible some class at school can be, the hospital is always ten times worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I always like it. When the same person does like maybe injection it every time, um I get quite nervous if a newbie comes along <laughs> and yeah. then tries to get someone in your because I've had this it, there there's one situation of that and um, um a, a newbie like, like like I shouldn't say newbie, but they are <laughs> um like a person I'm used to says can um this trainee person kind of inject to your arm for your injection today and i didn't want to be mean so i said i said yeah uh, I, i'm not gonna say no um but and then when she's fiddling for about five or six minutes i start to get a bit nervous i was thinking um what's taking so long um because the person i'm used to does it in a few maybe seconds um and i said could i eventually said um could you can have the person I'm used to now because you're not doing it or you're doing something that's not right. Because I always make sure, because you know, when you go for a blood test or an injection um, for uh, for your osteoporosis or drugs, you, you, they say you've got, to, you've got to drink a lot before you come. So I always make sure I drink about a liter or two before I come, knowing that I'll probably need a load of toilets when I'm there. <laughs> um, and I do that. And I know for a fact, that when I always do that, they always see my veins, and I can do it. And then, well, when someone is struggling, I always think it's not my fault. I always think it's maybe on their part. Um, and I was right to think that the way I did because the person who was fiddling did it to the person across the room, and um, and did injected not into the vein. They did it wrong. Um, so I was I I was lucky enough to think the way I did, and then the person I'm used to did it within a few seconds.
1: Yeah, good. I've had. Not issues with getting blood taken, but like with IVs. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was the person's fault necessarily, but you no, know, when you're have IBD, you become very dehydrated and other issues, your blood begins to become thinner. I've had hand, pokes in my hand and my arm like two times over, which I don't blame the nurses for because I think they were all experienced, but that just sucks because that stings a lot. Like when you have the IV going and when your veins are super thin, God, it hurts.
0: Yeah. It's like the hospital whole experience isn't friendly. It's not. It's not ideal. You don't want to be in a hospital a lot of time, but I guess we have to.
1: Yeah, I heard a great quote. I still take with me today. The only good time you go to the hospital is when a baby is born.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: not including all the pain that the uh, yeah that the woman has to go through. while giving you remember?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, at least after that pain. You know, you have a new life. You have something special. Whereas after this pain, it's just like you move on with normal life. At least for yeah. us, yeah, it's normal.
0: No reward is there for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no reward for us.
0: Except that maybe you might not be in pain all the time or like, you have medication that you can have that maybe can reduce it for a while. But, um. Like, how how are you doing with your colitis at the moment, Angus?
1: Well, I don't have it so much now. I'd say most of it's been er- eradicated from my body. I went back to the hospital in September 2816 because I was still getting worse and worse. Fliximab wasn't working. And it got to the point where my intestines were so rotting and decaying that my surgeon did a colectomy. So I had my entire large intestine removed a J pouch made. There was complications of that surgery. I had to have an emergency surgery to remove scar tissue. That's a long story. But in September 2017, I had my, J, my ostomy taken down, my J pouch open so I could go to the restroom normally again. More surgeries and complications. Every, I've had emergency surgery since then because of scar tissue buildup or perforations, which aren't due to the disease, but just the structural repair of the intestines. But as of, like, that's, like, five years I'm I'm skipping over of progress. But as of right now, I have no issues, I'd say. I would say my surgeon said that it's confined to the little, like, sliver of my rectum left where the J-pouch sits. But other than that, not really any issues with having ulcerative colitis now, except having to use, just because I have a J-pouch, having to use the restroom, I'd say, about eight times a day.
2: Okay so it it helps you yeah
1: the j pouch surgery is probably i i don't know who's a candidate for i'm pretty sure it varies by country but i think it's probably the absolute best treatment for ulcerative colitis i think it's better than it's probably and also long-term cheaper than trying to get you know infusions to manage it and i of course you know surgery something heavy no one wants but in my experience it's completely been life changing and helped help me live a i'd say pretty normal life now
0: yeah so with a j pouch that is it permanent or is it like temporary it's permanent permanent and how long have you had the j pouch for
1: now 5 years i've been disconnected though with the stoma three times because of emergency situations but in terms of how long i've had I've been using my J pouch. I'd say, in total length, probably three yeah. three years now.
0: Okay, so uh, you haven't had any like problems with your ulcerative colitis since kind of having that then. No,
1: no, no issue. I've had surgically or hospital related has been to ulcerative colitis. I'd say in since I had my colectomy in about six years.
2: Okay.
0: But that, that it, it's good that you've you're you you're doing good though. Because it seems like, I always hear like like stomas or or, or J-Pouches really help people in the IBD community.
1: Yeah, I think they're, I know it says it's like curative, which is kind of a lie because there's like still probably 1% of inflammation left, but it's, I'd say near curative. It's probably the, I feel bad for people who have, I don't think people with Crohn's disease can get a J-Pouch, which I feel pity for because I think it's the best solution to IBD now.
2: Yeah
0: yeah'cause it it is um like lot like lot like, what like, like, like so what I take at the moment for crimes is um i don't have a stoma i've i've never had one um I haven't actually had surgery with her own crimes I've had surgery in the past but that's nothing to do with crimes um i have uh, at the moment i take vitamin d um every day um How i was, are you still yeah you know, do do yeah
1: yeah. i take uh vitamin D turmeric and fish oil every day and a multivitamin yeah
0: because i i i normally take my vitamin D in the evening um i do because fatigue is a killer
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um, and yeah so i i take vitamin d i've i've always taken ace ofphaca um I, I I've taken um, Humira. I, I I'm I'm on Himera every two weeks, so I've had that for about just before the, maybe to start. It might have been just before the pandemic started. you know? I think it. I think that might have been when I started. So I I've, I've been on that a while,
2: and seem to be doing alright. Yeah, that's very good.
0: Yeah. Um, but. I'm always in for blood tests a lot of the time. I recording this. I haven't been for a while. Um, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> um, but I know it's always important to get checked. And I don't know about you, when when you do go to the hospital and stuff, but like when I'm always in like the nurse ward, they they always know like who I am. And um, it, it, even when we're wearing a face mask because of COVID, um, they still re- like recognize me and. It's quite enjoying when you haven't, I guess, been there for a while um, to the hospitals, just so you can see people that maybe know you and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's more personal.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I guess it's I, it's annoying going there like maybe like all the time, but every day, like every once in a while, I think that's alright.
1: Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, even my surgeon, who I still see to this day, because she's, I think, I consider her my primary care provider i mean i talk to her about movies tv like my life what i'm doing and all that stuff like she seems like of course she's my doctor but she seems also like a friend because of how long i've known her so i actually do appreciate seeing her
0: yeah yeah and you kind of know like when they do stuff or like that, that you trust them like they're there yeah, I, they I, I, I
1: remember i trust her 10 times more than i trust any other doctor i've ever had
0: yeah because yeah, they they kind of know, like they they know what they're doing. Because not every doctor or person out there in, in the OBD kind of work wise maybe aren't maybe fully aware. Like like not everyone knows a hundred percent. So I think it's it's always important when we kind of take it on our like we have a little think. If if a if a doctor or someone advises something, we maybe double check beforehand that actually all goes ahead. But but yeah, it's um it, 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 it's it's something that I've seen more now. I see I see more like more people who, like IB who have I B T themselves wanna go into like that kind of work with um I B D. Oh
1: well, yeah, I have one my surgeons like I forgot the word for this, her nurse that works with her, she has Crohn's disease too. So like I think it seems like a lot of people want to help others in the community which i think is really awesome it's
0: good yeah it's great because what when you have it yourself even better but when you have that knowledge of it that you can help other people with it that, that's great they have their own experience that can make maybe a patient more more comfortable
1: yeah exactly i think that's great because you can relate to people they can they feel comforted around you
0: yeah, like ne- nowadays over in the UK, if if I were to say to someone I have Crohn's, do you know what Crohn's is? They'll see normal response to me is yes, my I'm I know a friend that has it. Um, it, it's always the same. I don't really get many people saying no. Um, who am in contact with, but it is um, it is good though. Like um, it's getting more aware like IBD.
2: Yeah, I
1: think it's important to spread awareness about it.
0: Yeah, cause I I was like you, Angus, when um, like diagnosed, I had no idea what IBD was or was colitis, Crohn's or was before.
1: Yeah, me too. I I went into this completely blind, but I'd say now that I'm, I could probably give a rundown of everything to someone who would ask me. Oh, what is IBD? Or what that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't mind talking about it. Before, I was quite shy, I guess, to to talk about my journey, um it took a few years to talk about it kinda of like this, like with different people. But it it it's kinda of nice I guess just talk to different people about something that we both have or and have knowledge about and we can kinda of relate to one another. Um so with um w with fatigue, do you remember what it was like before, like getting diagnosed?
2: And now? The time I was in the hospital around then. Okay. I'd say, say,
1: like, I started getting fatigued around the time of my diagnosis where I'd come home and, like, I'd sleep, take a nap for, like, two hours, wake up, and then sleep from, like, 10 to 6. And even if I got a full night's rest, no issues, I would still continuously nap coming whenever I, I came
2: home from school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me, me too. Like sleep in the middle of the day. Um, and it is like it's almost like you're really drained as well.
1: Yeah, yeah and you feel like, oh I have to do homework, or even like sometimes I'd be like, I have to eat. I just want to sleep. You know. Yeah,
0: it is. It's yeah.
1: very draining on your life activities.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember it when I was younger, not when I wasn't. I with Crohn's, it's not it won't as bad then, but but now it's almost like you you you've ran a like a marathon or, or something and you're you're home and it, not even that. So sometimes when you wake up as well, isn't it? Like um from 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 your like maybe ten hours sleep, um and then you will go back to bed because you're almost like you haven't been to sleep. But
2: yeah, it's. It's something
0: that I think if you're in remission or not or you're in control or not is, I think it's one of them that's always going to come around.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um,
0: Because regardless if we um, I think if we have these treatments and, and stuff to prevent and, and some symptoms are always going to be there like um, I think joint pains and or, or a thing of IBD as well that a lot of people can get aches and aches as well yeah I have
1: actually my biggest issue now is arthritis I'd say actually which apparently it started from a sort inflammation but around 2019 is when my sacroilium joints became inflamed and now I deal with it in my right shoulder and my sacroiliac joints—it's in my left shoulder, but not actually as bad. I can move my arm pretty well. And it was in my legs, but it seems to have been cured. At least that part is in remission. So that's why every day I take the vitamin D, turmeric, and fish oil because I know those are good anti-inflammatories.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's always good. Like that. they do help. Um, I I was on um B twelve injections. And then I just start to do the vitamin D because I thought it's just easier um, than just having injections. Um, but but there, there, there's so many things that affect IBD, though, isn't there? Um, like yeah. it's not it's not just like when people don't know about it, like it, it's either like um, a stomach pain condition or a toilet condition. Like it's not so there's so much more to that than just those two things.
1: Yeah. There's so many more issues that come from IBD. That's not, like I said, arthritis comes from it. It could be stress related to it, which I, I'm in general, not a stressful person. So that's not my problem, but I know other people have it. Um, I know that like relationships can be hard because of it. Again, I don't think I have that issue very much, but um, other aspects of life are just affected by IBD. Even like, I think the biggest one is probably school for most people, you know, having to use the restroom or Take time off to relax, or any issue, or like even just getting accommodations, because you know, teacher, if he's rushing in the middle of the test, you know, stuff like
2: that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and like, there's, there's so many because, um, and, and 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 all like, like you say, you've got all that kind of stuff, and um, like when I was at school, um, I I got asked because I was in the – I was in pain at the time because I still wanted to go to school because I knew I was going to catch up anyway. Um, and I was holding one hand on my stomach from the, the pain and then one hand on a pen but writing. And what happened was a teacher said, do you want to go to the nurse's office to have some like paracetamol or something? And I said, I, I, w- I wish I could, but that's not going really to help my pain. It's not pain that you would have. It's just, it's something that, it's very rare um and i would love to you know I would, i'd love that to be the the, the cure let us say of, of pain within ibd um but it's it's hard you know like i wanted to get the work done but i just couldn't um and i got asked if i wanted to go to the library but i said i didn't want it because you know when you, you get told that you can go to a place and then other people because the printer was in the library people would walk in saying what They'll probably, I'll be sitting down um, and people will say, what are you doing in the library? And, and something, you know, when you're that tired and that drained and you can't physically respond back in a way that that you can because it,
2: it's, it's so draining. Yeah, I, mean, I think my biggest issue with school... I mean, I couldn't go because the
1: house of your ideas restroom, I was going like 20 times a day at the worst part of having IBD. But I started to be homeschooled, which, so like I was homeschooled from, I think, November 2016 to May 2017. And it's not, it wasn't bad. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. I learned from my teachers, they were very nice coming to my house and stuff. But I think the worst part was Having no one, like no friends with you at that time, like I had my dad and my brother, but having no like friends, you know, from school, like people you grew up with, or even people, because I, I was a freshman in high school when this happened. People, I think most people are like, oh, you could stay home all day and do what you want. I'm like, it's not that fun. It gets old after two days. You know, you can only play the same game so much or watch the same shows or movies so much before you're like, I need to go hang out with people and to talk to people. And I don't have a driver's license, so I couldn't really meet up with people. I didn't know people in my freshman class very well. People I did know from middle school were focusing on were busy with school work. So I was like every day, if I didn't have homework to do, I would just be like counting the time my dad and my brother came home to do something because homeschooling is good. I'd say it's good. It helps people a lot. It's beneficial. But the only negative aspect is the lack of social interaction with other people my age, like my friend group. Just not having that, I think, was just sucked. That was, I didn't like that
0: no no it, that's it, i was actually
1: it was cool. i was you know most people probably don't like school i was overjoyed when sophomore year began i could go back to school I'm like yes I can meet friends i can make friends meet my friends yeah that's when i was healthy too so like that was like then it was a problem
0: yeah yeah it, i get what you mean it does get boring when you're just in the same thing um and yeah like you you could get asked to go home but that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to because I know I was going to catch up anyway so I might as well try even if I'm in a load of pain but I can still try and do some stuff and um but yeah it's, it's hard to to do like and you could go home like I, I bet a load of us when we was younger would skip school just because you wanted to you want to continue watching a film that you watch but like you say you, you want to meet your friends and you, you want to hang out with people because doing maybe watching maybe the same show or doing the same thing, go down on your console or something, it does get boring and not always the best option.
1: Yeah, I know. That's why, like, I will say after having IBD and getting healthier, I never skipped a day of school because you know, most people would want to relax from me at their home. I'm like, I did that for, like, near a year. I'm good. I, I've, I've seen every TV show. I've played every game I have. I have nothing at home. I'll be at school and talk to my friends. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It in a way, what I did like was, I was away. For, I think it was like a drama kind of. I I was in a drama group, um, and I played a moral character where it had to be um, I had to be there and stuff. So not many people were that happy about me. Well, more my peers, I guess, not the teachers. More my peers that one were a bit gutted that, kind of what was happening, um. And what happened was, what I liked was, because I had to catch up on exams, um, I liked being in a room of my own. So I was, I was doing it on my own rather than in a classroom full of people because I preferred that. I I'd not one to have loads of people in the class. Um, and it was better because I could just do it on my own without hearing people muttering. <laughs>
1: yeah, class. I did that too for the... I did that too for my... I know you guys don't have this in the UK, but here in America, for the ACT and the SAT... I was actually privately proctored because of uh, IBDs so and I can go to the restroom whenever I want. And it was also, I think more beneficial than hearing people, you know, I don't know, tap on the desk, snap pencils, whisper to each other, you know, during an exam. It's a lot better, I think. Yeah. And fine. speaking of a uh, social aspect, what I will say is probably the absolute worst thing that ever happened to me in the hospital is, are you know what an NG tube is? Yeah. God, I hate that. That's like I would consider that medical torture. It's absolutely horrible. Like for your viewers who don't know, I'm, you probably all know, it's a tube that goes into your nose and into your throat, into your stomach to siphon um, like bile and food that if you have intestinal blockage, I've had a few because uh, post my uh, colectomy, a lot of scar tissue crunched the intestines together so nothing could get past that uh, heavy blockage. I had to have one of those tubes in my nose and Good God, is it probably the worst thing ever that has ever happened? I don't know about any other people. I've never had a ventilator. Any other worst medical thing, that is, this. it is awful beyond description. Never mind not eating or not, um, never mind not eating, not drinking. I couldn't even turn my head without it hurting because it pulled on my throat. And I couldn't speak because it would also hurt. So like talking to my dad and the doctors, I'd either have a clipboard or I'd be like, you know i have to like be doing sign language type to convey my meaning god that is without question the worst thing i've ever experienced in a hospital and i really i advise any of you who might have uh suspected intestinal issue blockage or can't stomach food go to the hospital immediately because they if, if it prolongs and gets worse they'll have to do that and trust me you don't want that it's absolutely disgusting it's awful it's painful
0: yeah it, sorry for my it, tangent. no i no go ahead um but it does sound it does sound very painful yes
1: yeah, it's, it's be- like especially because you're awake and i didn't have painkillers when i got it but you're i think i know they give some people it but just the like feeling it go into your body is is awful you gag it hurts and all that and even like when you get used to it again i couldn't talk so like my as you know i love probably know, i love talking. That was like my my one of my favorite things was taken from me, and that sucks. That was worse than not eating and not drinking. Was not talking to me.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I I can see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's, it's it sounds like it's, that's the thing we have to go through though, don't we, to get answers and to see what's happening in our bodies.
1: Yeah, so I was gonna say I know people I've had a bad history. I know people who might be like less inclined to go to the hospital because they're scared or because of i don't know other things but seriously don't prolong it. if you have any suspicion of ibd other intestinal issues or even in general if you have a cold or your arm hurts just go see a doctor because it'll probably spare you a lot of pain and it'll help you get better sooner
0: yeah uh, it, it's always important just to get some things double checked just to be on the safe side
1: yeah, I firmly think that had I gone to the hospital in March 2016 when I first saw blood, I think I would have probably never needed my intestines removed. I think I could have got treatment a lot sooner and a lot better if I, in the early stages, if I went to treatment instead of, you know, when I was near dying in a very late stage of IBD. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that's that. I say anyone who has any medical worries, just go to the doctor right away. Don't wait on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because it was a real fight for me, you know. Because doctors, consultants weren't saying that I needed to go urgently. They they said I had to wait. I was in this abdominal pain, and they said I had to wait about a month or two to get seen. And like my family fighting that because it it was ridiculous. Like it, and when I was diagnosed, um, they said that it's a good job that you did fight because you would have needed surgery you might have things removed and stuff like that which i was grateful for because like i haven't had surgery which i am happy about but i, I always noticed that, that there there, will be a possibility of something happening down the line um but you you just never know and unfortunately we can't predict the future but um hope, hope everything is good
1: yeah i remember i remember my surgeon telling me when she i saw her post-op like a month after being discharged and she was like you were probably the second sickest kid I've ever worked with at all about anything. She's like, had you probably not gotten the surgery when I did it, you probably would have bled out in two days from massive IVD blood loss. So I was like, you know what? It was a close call, but I probably should have gone to the hospital much, much earlier for a diagnosis when I had any issues. I think it would have spared a lot of pain and issues had I just gone when I had, when I had worries. Yeah.
0: No, I, I think that that's it's hard because people not not everyone in IBD does straight away, and I guess you don't think it's anything at first, but even a little thing like like blood in the stool, for example, um, there's there's so many things that that could be like IBD is not just one cause; it can be so many different things, which is why you kind of think is it something more? Is it like is it something like cancer or something else? And like, I guess in a way, we are grateful that IBD, although cancer is bad and IBD as well. Like, it's, it's yeah, a, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's like a disease that is not transferred. Um, like, so if someone touches you, they can't get it, like, like COVID is.
1: Um, yeah, and I, and I was like, for me personally, I want to like, I got engaged recently, and. I really, we really want kids. And I'm very, very thankful that my surgeon's like, oh no, you're, you're, you can't pass IBD to children or in case you can it's incredibly low. Like, especially because it tends to be people who transfer or what do you call it? You inherit illnesses. You have a long, you have like a a history of it through the family. That's not, I, no one else in my family has IBD. Not my mom, not my dad, not any of my ancestors that I'm aware of. So I'm so thankful that, like, my kids won't, like, you know, by a God, you know, God willing, won't have to go through the same pain and torture that I had to go through. I'm very, and I can't, I can't give it to my, the woman I love, or my brother or my dad, anymore. I'm very thankful that, you know, of course, living with it sucks, but at least it's confined to me. You know, my family doesn't have to suffer because of it.
0: Yeah. 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 I agree like it's it, it's good that it's like that um, but um, in, in some cases in some families like it's a family thing where some people have Crohn's or, or some people have ulcerative colitis um, so sometimes it does but not a lot I can't say not a lot because I I don't know the stats but um, for, fingers crossed um, that, that, that's not the case like for youngest but, but I, I did do a podcast with um, a person that has colitis too, and they had, they were having, a, like, the, the kid's born now, but they're they they pregnant and, uh, like, um and we were talking about, like, are you worried about maybe if maybe your child has maybe an IBD tune and they said, yeah, that, that that's one of the things we're really worried about. We hope, fingers crossed, that doesn't happen because... Like because I think the partner had I think Crohn's or a colitis too, so it weren't just the the mum, it was the dad. So they they're, yeah. they're, they're kind of fearful it is that going to happen to like like the the child in the future, or so it's always fearful. I think with I think with anyone that has Crohn's, IBD, ulcerative colitis, that's always going to be a fear factor that you fear that your child's going to maybe get IBD too. Yeah.
1: I remember I asked my, I remember asking my surgeon, do you think I'll pass on to my kids? She's like, no, it's very, it's fairly low chance. Even if one parent has it. And I was like, what if both parents, she's like, don't do that. She, okay. No, no disrespect to the man you're talking about, but she's like, if two parents have IBD, the kid's chance of developing it is astronomically higher than if one parent has it and the other parent's healthy because of like, oh, I forgot the thing. When you transmit genes, uh, you know, IBD is recessive. So it won't, if the other person is healthy, chances are the kid won't develop it in their life, which is good. So, but she was like, yeah, don't have kids with someone who has IBD like you. That's the, the kids will get it. So I was like, okay, that, that's good enough. So I think generally speaking, and I don't know the statistics either. If one person has IBD and the other the other parent does not, the chance of the kid developing it is very low. That's from what my surgeon has told me. And yeah. She's an American bound, respected across the nation and even other countries. So I believe her opinion. I respect what she says. I trust what she says.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess who knows? I, I guess it's just the lock of the door, I guess. Um... Yeah. I
1: mean, again, like I have no ancestors that have it. I have my my brother. We have the same parents. He's perfectly healthy. He has no health issues at all. And my dad has no health issues. My mom had cancer. My ancestors going up had cancer, but no one has IBD. So it's really um you can really predict it, I think.
0: Yeah. Like I've got past for family members that like are impacted by bowel disease and stuff like that. Um but not so it's kinda of in the same kind of thing. Like um but not Crohn's or like what I have. So it, it is something that, is it like a family kind of tree kind of kind of thing or something? It, like from even from even if it's not close people like right now or who who have passed um it might be just through family tree over generations maybe yeah, maybe that's how it does it and I don't know like if like none of us know why we have it um but the, 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 yeah like there the, 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 there's no kind of answers that we know, but um maybe one day we'll find out.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I think now, as far as I know, IB started getting mainstream research in like the sixties. So it's still fairly new in medicine. You know, this has not been researched long enough. I think for us to know anything.
0: No, no but it, it, it's nice to see that there's a bit the, the community is really good and uh, lots of people out there just support each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, we I think we're all we're all good we're all closely related through our illnesses and other people I've met with IBD are some of the nicest, best friends I've ever
0: had. Yeah. Even though we might be from other countries.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I think, you know, I shared this once that, like, shared pain brings people together. It's like, the best that's our thing. We all yeah. know what it's like, so we, we all can relate to each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and if you say a certain pain, like from your perspective i'm not a person might understand so it, it, it's great when you have that kind of connection yeah um before we finish angus is there any advice that you want to give to about off the or your your journey so far to, to anyone listening hmm. or
1: watching uh as i said before go to the doctor if you have any concerns um Watch what you eat because it could be that even if you, I would say some people have diarrhea or health issues. It might not always be related to uh, IBD. Like for example, now I've never had pouchitis. I've never had like blood ever since having a J pouch. But I can't eat eggs. Every time I eat eggs, they give me diarrhea in like ten minutes. Like yeah. even if they throw the restroom and From what I've heard, uh, eggs are actually pretty good for you. Like they, uh, they apparently firm stool so i think i've been told like i just have an egg allergy or intolerance which would explain that so keep track of what you can and can't eat um for anyone else who has a j pouch i would say avoid eggs unless you have no issues with them hot dogs for me if i eat them they tend to liquefy and i have the diarrhea in like again like 10 minutes um what else I think that's my biggest takeaway is watch what you eat. If you have a UC or a J pouch, just so you can monitor what's good for you, what's not good for you and how to keep, uh, how to keep your consistency good. Like for me, what I eat is uh, some foods I eat might liquefy for me become, come out watery, not like, not diarrhea, but just not firm. So I tend to eat bananas every day. That's something good for me that um, binds still together. So it comes out normally no issue passing at all. And I would say, um, hmm. I you don't have to, but I think it's a good idea every day. Like everyone takes vitamin D or turmeric if they're dealing with it, uh, inflammatory issues, because those are naturally uh, and, and anti-inflammatory uh, vitamins and fish oil.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. And like with food, I think that it's always important to try and do things as well. Um, because you never know what's going to impact you but if you know something like you said hot dogs that like i have to avoid um just maybe stay away from that but i, I, I always think that ibd isn't just um like diet based like like once you know like you can maybe eat bananas or um you know the stuff you can eat maybe sit to that but always important to maybe just maybe adjust and maybe try some maybe you never had before or um maybe years down the line try something that really uh, like impacted you maybe like hot dogs or You'd like maybe like five or six years later that like it might be all right but it because it, it, things change don't they
1: yeah i would say that's probably one thing too is of course monitor what you eat but if something's causing you issues take a break from it and then while after a while try it again see if it's still issues maybe you're like oh that maybe wasn't related to ibd or maybe something else And if it still gives you issues, it might just be you have an intolerance to it, which is normal. And, like you said, try new things, but, okay, for me, personally, I avoid spicy food. That hurts when it comes out. So, that's the only thing I really try to avoid in general for the J-Pouch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, that was really big impact to me, like, as well, with with getting diagnosed. But before, I loved spicy foods. Like, I loved them. I I, I would have a really hot curry, or, or, or stuff like that, and i'd love it i'd love i'd love the feeling that having to drink every few seconds like water and then but now not knowing that i can't like i can't have it as hot (laughs) um wasn't the best but i'm not you but i do have to avoid that um yeah like
1: i don't get diarrhea from eating spicy food but like because i have a j pouch it doesn't get as absorbed by the intestines so when it comes out, it still has capsaicin and all the spice things, and that, like you know, of your your anus has skin around it, so it, it literally burns as it comes out, and that hurts a lot. So I avoid spicy food for that reason.
0: Yeah, I I avoid it because I just get pain and like, like burning pain, like when I have it, and yeah, I, I avoid it. But every once in a while, I will have like maybe some sort of spicy food, um, maybe just mold like, a little bit of spice, but not like load loads, loads
1: yeah and in terms of like like i said i i can't eat eggs because they give me diarrhea but i've noticed i can eat waffles which you know they're made with eggs or pancakes i don't have any issues with those so i think just eggs in their pure form i can't eat but if it's you know if things are cooked or what's it called crap i can't think of the word when you cut when you put food in the it, it lowers the concentration of it whatever that word is that i can I can eat those foods like i can eat pancakes i can eat tortillas those are made with, and other things made with eggs those aren't issues for me
0: okay yeah so it's good when, when you kind of know because I, I i lived on chicken at the start of getting diagnosed or could eat and then i adapted um when i was in okay but, but yeah it's always good to try new things always good to yeah have things that we like um but yeah um well, congratulations on uh, getting engaged, Angus. <laughs> Thank you, Mason. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I, I hope you've enjoyed my, enjoyed your first time on the podcast.
1: Yeah, this was a fun first time. I think this is probably the best podcast I could have joined first because it's something I'm experienced with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think so, too. <laughs> um, and I, maybe we can do this again by, um, another time.
1: Yeah, I would like yeah. to join again.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks again, Angus. It's been a, a delight speaking to you, hearing about your views and your experience. And yeah, um, I hope it all stays okay with you or with osteocolitis, but uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it.
2: Thank you, Mason. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Hope we can talk again soon. Me too.